guys. Welcome to the very first episode of Clarity Podcast. My name is Arlene, and here we have a good friend of mine that goes by Lilac for now to keep her anonymity. And so, yeah, this is her, and today we're going to be discussing a few very relevant topics today, such as coming to peace with yourself during the pandemic and as well as coping with grief because we know that the pandemic has taken a toll on the lives of many and has unfortunately taken some of those lives away. And even if this topic doesn't necessarily go over a loss by the pandemic, a loss is still a loss in either way, shape or form. And so today I have a good friend who will be discussing each of those. So Lilac, how would you say that the pandemic has been on you personally? Well, personally, the pandemic, I mean, there were, the pandemic did have a terrible, um, terrible effects on the world and people and also on me. But the the pandemic also kind of changed me for the better as a person. I really did did improve in character and had a lot of personal growth just have just because I had time to reflect on myself during the during quarantine. Um, yeah. Great. Great. So how did you use this time for personal growth? Um, well, I don't want to disregard the fact that during quarantine and the pandemic, it's been it's had a terrible, a terrible effect on the world a lot of people, but I also want to bring up the fact that during the, during quarantine, I was able to really, you know, um, work on just figuring things out when it comes to knowing who I really am and knowing the, like, knowing how I want to change as a person, you know, because I came to peace with myself over quarantine because I was, I was once an angry little girl who was just mad at the world, you know, I was angry about how misfortunate and miserable my life was. Um, I was just mad about everything and how like things never seem to go my way. Um, I had really bad anger issues and it just never really, you know, it never really went away since middle school to make, let's say maybe sometime in high school. And, you know, over quarantine, I just started thinking, I don't want to stay angry. I don't want to just be angry all the time. You know, it's not healthy for me. And I just really said, I had to change, you know, I just knew I had to change. And um, that was when I started learning about myself and how I needed to, you know, grow as a person. I started watching YouTube videos, reading books, um, and just reading articles on ways to control anger. And also, I also stepped into my spirituality as a Christian and started reading the Bible. Um, And some people aren't religious, and that's totally fine. But as a religious person, um, just reading the Bible and reading certain passages about like how to control emotions also helped me find inner peace. Um, and I knew that if I wanted to, if I could just tame my anger and learn how to learn how to contain or you know control my emotions and become more emotionally intelligent, I knew that you know I could be a happier person. And so I learned to process my emotions clearly and be more patient with myself and other people. And by doing this, I finally calmed down and, you know, started finding peace with myself. And, you know, I was able to just not let things get to me or bother me as much as I used to be. I found the beauty in life and not just being mad at life all the time. So, yeah. That's great. I mean, I know this time has definitely 
allowed us or even like forced us to reflect on ourselves and our development, especially with being at home. You're really beginning to learn like the people who are closest and most dear to you because, you know, you get to choose who you want to spend your time with, you know, and yes. especially as you're able to read these books and look at YouTube videos and these different articles you're seeing, it gives you, I guess, more time that we wish we had back then, you know, to just grow so and learn. And so I find that very admirable of you to take this time to do some self-reflecting and self-improvement because that's always great. Yeah, thank you so much. No problem. But I know that these times are also hard because people have lost loved ones. And I know that you're still coping with the loss. Do you mind discussing that a bit more? Uh, yes. Um, I just want to say I feel empathetic to those who have lost a loved one during this time period. I totally understand how it feels. And, you know, it's not easy. Um, I lost someone really dear to me. And it was the first time I ever, you, you know, encountered death on such a personal level. I was absolutely crushed. I was devastated. You know, I didn't know how to process this. Um, it was so bad to the point that I was actually physically sick for, I think, a week or two. Um, I couldn't really move my body or anything. My eyes were hurting. My throat was hurting. Like it, it wasn't COVID. I was just physically sick. Um, and nobody knew, like none of my friends knew my, only my family took care of me. Nobody knew. I didn't tell anybody. Um, and you know, um, I still get a little bit, you know, emotional about these things. It's hard to think about it. I try to like right now, um, I still think about the person I lost every day, but I try to, you know, not think about it just as a way to cope for now. And, um, and, you know, but going back to what I was saying, I went through the stages of anger and denial. I was, I was angry because I was like, why did they have to lose their life of all the people, of all, of all people? like a very kind person who didn't deserve anything that happened to them. It had to be them that left. And I was just really angry. I was angry at, you know, God. I was angry at the world. I was angry at my life. I was just angry at everything. And I felt like I was in denial. You know, I, I couldn't believe that it actually happened. And um, I didn't want to process it. But, you know, eventually I came to accept what happened. I didn't, well, I haven't completely accepted it, but, you know, I've, you know, realized that it's happened and it's happened. And I, I, I'm still mourning, but instead of just mourning all the time, I decided that I wanted to celebrate, I wanted to celebrate their life by becoming someone who, who they could be proud of. You know, I wanted to honor their legacy through my life. I wanted to, I wanted them to, it sounds weird, but I want them to live their life through me, the life that they couldn't have, they, the chance that they couldn't have to become who, who they were supposed to be because of the misfortunate events that happened to them. And, you know, I cherished every single memory we had, every single one of them. I, you know, I didn't really get to spend time with them like that because of just life circumstances and everything. But every time I did get to spend with them, I cherished it. And, you know, I'll continue to love them unconditionally. My love will never end for them. And 
I just plan to continue their legacy um, in any way that I can. Uh, yeah, and sometimes you can't find comfort with family, you know? My family kind of said, some of my family said, it's time you have to move on. You can't wallow on this and everything. And then realized it wasn't that easy. I'm a young teenage girl and I lost someone that close to me. It's never that easy. And it was my first time ever losing somebody. And it just felt so insensitive. And so, and I also felt like some of my friends weren't really there for me. And it just really felt, I just felt so lonely at that time. But I just knew, it made me realize that, that you know, it's okay to depend on yourself sometimes when no one else can, when, you, when there's no one else you feel you can depend on. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself and love yourself in order to be able to move on and not wallow you know and sometimes it's okay I, I also got a therapist even though my family said you don't need one you know they're not gonna like having a therapist is gonna help or anything and I got a therapist and it helped for a bit you know um and it helped me for a bit um and I'm just gonna say don't be afraid to reach out for help even if people say that you, you don't need to get help it's okay to ask for help it's okay to reach out because you don't know how much it can help you beneficially. Um, so, yeah. Well, that was a Sorry. lot again. Oh, no worries. Thank you again for sharing. And I know that with you like showing these and telling us your stories about finding help and leaning on yourself and being your own cheerleader, I think it's really powerful. But again, it's like, you having the courage to get back up and stand on your own two feet when nobody else seemed to be as caring or as empathetic is really powerful because, you know, sometimes, or I guess at the end of every day, you know, we only have ourselves. And sometimes you just have to remember that even though we lost this person, you know, would they really want us to mourn their death for this long? As long as, you know, you said, you're going to cherish their legacy and their memories, then I'm sure that they're already in awe of you doing this and you being able to accomplish such great things knowing that they aren't here anymore. So again, thank you so much for giving advice and telling people to reach for help because I am I I struggle with that. I often keep my guard up and sometimes don't let anybody in. And I know that can be really hard to just seek help and ask for advice and lean on other people when you've been, you know, depending and reliant on yourself for so long. So I know it hurts, but, you know, I can tell that they'll be extremely, extremely proud of you and the person you have yet to become. Thank you for that. No, no, no worries. <gasps> But um, as you were mentioning about family, and I guess, especially considering that you are from the Black community, how would you say that your ethnicity affects, you know, you coping with your loss and ultimately how you view mental health? Um, well, to just be a little bit more vague, I'm, I'm African and, you know, a lot, well, West African to be more specific. And as people, it, it's kind of known that in West African culture, we don't really speak about mental health and the issues that come with it. You know, it's kind of a stigma to speak about it. And a lot of people in Afri West African culture think it's something spiritual that you should pray on and that it will just go away. 
like a proof or something and um they don't know that it's not that easy you know it's something that's psychological it's something that you know you have to you have to acknowledge it and for the longest time i felt that if i spoke about my mental health and my struggles people would just look down on me and i'll just and i just needed to pray about it like I would, if i just prayed about it, it would just go away like you know i'm just i'm just pretending that i'm just like you know i'm just pretending to myself you know i, I just want to be sad or something like that and you know, after a while, you know, especially after losing my loved one, I realized that I needed to seek help, you know, I needed to talk to somebody, because just, just being the way I was in my mental state at the time, I just was on a downward, I was on a downward spiral, I didn't know what to do, I didn't know how to cope with things, and so I realized that I, just, I need to take care of my mental well-being, and take care of my mental health, because it was also taking, it was taking a toll on me physically, too, you know, I didn't really have an appetite for things. And I was just laying in bed all day, just sleeping and sleeping and sleeping. And I was just unmotivated. I couldn't do the things I needed to do. The me a few months ago would never believe the me I am right now, that I'm just this motivated driving force who's just trying to do what I can to enjoy everything that I'm doing and just going full force for things. And all that because I decided to get some help. And um you know, I had to start. So, and after realizing all of this, I knew that I had to start bringing up these conversations in my community and start destigmatizing the mental health issues and, you know, um, that and making it that more people need to start speaking up and that it's okay to speak up and ask for help and that, you know, we have to start breaking these generational or cultural um, stigmas that say, you can't do this, you can't do that. It's not healthy you know, for the, in the long run, it's not healthy and something has to be done about it. So, yeah. Yeah. I completely understand and agree with you 100%, you know, us people of color, for some reason, it seems like it's a shameful thing to discuss, you know, and I've never really liked it either how a few of my family members would tell me to just, you know, ignore the problem, but you know, ignoring the problem and not seeking help for it is only going to make it worse. And I'm glad that you were able to seek the help you needed then and there. And I'm glad that you're noticing and reflecting on that self-improvement because it really does, or we don't often like look at the person we were back then and reflect on ourselves on how we are now. And surely that growth is like, amazing and it's incredible especially now so it's great that you're truly an inspiration for just taking care of yourself and showing others that it's perfectly okay to do the same and yeah, I keep going yeah I hope this reaches somebody who feels like you know they're trapped I hope this encourages them to break free you know so yeah yeah Definitely. And now we're just going to take a quick break to just recollect our thoughts. And so I just wanted to pick up and say that I know that somebody is going to be touched by the words you're saying. And like I said, you really are an inspiration for doing the things that you're doing, even though they may not seem that much to you. Others will have the opportunity to just think about themselves and how they're doing. So like I said, you're doing great. And 
Um, but I'm really curious on how you think that society could improve their views on mental health and especially for BIPOCs, what do you have to say about that? Um, what I would say is that on a social level, um, we need to start spreading awareness and making it acceptable to start talking about these issues. Um, and I see progress in that, but it's not at a level where it's where BIPOCs start discussing it you know it's more like and i see the younger generation of bipocs we're like yeah we gotta start doing this we're gonna we gotta start doing this but we also think about the older gener the older generation because you know the older generation also you know they influence the young the younger generation and so unless have the old generation start realizing that younger generation kids have started have started talking about these things and like you know being able to seek help and everything then i don't know if we'll truly be free regardless of how much we try to like spread awareness to social media and everything. And it can also start with the younger generation helping to let the older generation know that this is what has to happen in order to start changing things in, in their community. Um, and on the you know political legislative level, I feel like more politicians, more legislators need to start pushing for laws and legislation that supports mental health institution and mental health help, more funding for these things so that people can get more help and be able to afford more help. Again, if they're, it's expensive. Unless you have like good insurance or you work with the state, you can't really afford it. And that's also an issue that needs to be worked upon. Um, and especially for younger generation right now. And we need more influential people to start talking about it because as much as I hate it, influencers have a toll, a big impact on the younger generation right now. So. You know, we need, we need them to start talking about it and hopefully can influence the young, um, especially since we're going up on social media right now. No, I, I completely agree. Like, I find it really ironic how, you know, the government tries to go ahead and implement all these measures that are supposed to be helping us. But then again, it seems like they're really looking over their low-income communities that don't have the means or the resources to seek the help that they need. You know, as you said, it's very inaccessible to seek this help because it's expensive. And rarely do you ever see these specialists reach out and offer their services for a lower cost. So something does need to be done about that. And especially with these younger generations, you know, being part of Gen Z, I guess, makes me pretty proud because you know we're here talking about mental health and we're here doing what we can to break that stigma so you know I totally agree and I guess it also starts with at-home measures you know if our parents were open to these types of discussions maybe we wouldn't feel the need to be afraid to bring it up in our conversations with our friends or with other family members who aren't as close-minded, you know? So I really appreciate that input and hopefully things can be done to go ahead and change that, you know? Yeah. But let's see, less serious topics. I just like, out of curiosity, I wanted to ask, like, how have you been taking care of yourself during the pandemic aside from all this 
personal growth? Like, what have you been up to during this time? Um, I'm not going to lie. I took up a bunch of extracurriculars, not because I just wanted to do it for college or anything, but because, like, I'm actually really interested in them. And I'm not going to lie. The pandemic did give us a chance to do everything online, and it kind of fit my schedule. So I started doing book reviews and movie reviews and, you know, writing articles. And I really enjoyed doing these activities. I, I love them so much. Like I wouldn't do them. I wouldn't do them if I didn't like them. I also cried a lot. Not gonna lie, and ate a lot too. Also watch a bunch of Netflix shows because why not? I mean, all the drama and there's nothing to do. And I mean, I'm a hopeless romantic, so I just watch a bunch of like romantic shows and imagine myself because that could never be me right now. <laughs> like I could never be that. <laughs> so I just kind of did that, and I also had some self care days where I would just have a little spa treatment at home put my like you know scrub my foot and elbows and everything and just took care of myself and I also try to stay off social media because social media can be very toxic and it's so much information coming in at such a fast pace that it just gets so toxic stay off social media and just not read the news because the news was just like just always the news always supports some negative things and now I have certain news sources that include positive news too and not just like bad news because it can just be so toxic and I just I hate that um sorry I use toxic so much it's no no cliche it's understandable like I felt that too like every day especially when the Black Lives Matter movement was at its peak and everybody seemed to be protesting everywhere it's just like I can't take a single minute more of this because it's on Instagram, it's on Twitter, it's on the news, it's everywhere and people are talking about it and you know it can be overwhelming and it can be too much and sometimes I just wanted to block out the noise you know. Exactly you know I just I was just like look I I care about these issues but I also care about myself and my mental health and it's okay to take a break it's okay to relax like you don't have to constantly be always be trying to learn new things or always trying to do something like it's okay to just relax and take care of yourself because self-love and self-care comes first and that's something I try to like that's something I try to you know tell people when they're having a hard time and just trying to do too much at once you know um yeah yeah exactly and I guess out of curiosity how did you cope with the Black Lives Matter movement and everything going on last summer. Oh, man, the Black Lives movement, uh, man, that was a doozy. Like, that was just going to the protest and seeing everything and all the discussions I had. It was it was an experience, all right, and it's still a fight. It was an experience um, that I'll never forget, and I took as many pictures and recordings as I could. How I processed um, the whole thing was, um, I don't know, because back then I was just going hardcore. I was just, like, posting stuff, going to protests, going to online webinars, and, you know, sometimes having to argue with some city councilors who are just, I'm sorry to say, old white men who didn't care about the BIPOC youth. Mm-hmm. and black youth and all that stuff and you know I just had to argue against them and <laughs> they would leave the webinars after I said something it was hilarious but you know I felt power I felt powerful in knowing that my voice made such an impact that could possibly help change something and that also gave me comfort you know at a time of high stress levels and thinking when will this end um and sometimes you know I didn't let it because it can be depressing when you think about all those things you can so you can really get depressed and so what you have to do is you sometimes you just have to you know think about the good things look at how Black Lives Matter movement positively impacted certain legislative like new laws that were created 
um, murals, all that stuff. Look at the bright side sometimes, you know, aside from the protests and the fights and everything and the division, you know, try to look at the bright side sometimes. It's okay to look at the bright side and just be positive. Um, and I had to learn that. So it's not easy. So yeah, definitely isn't. But I'm glad to see that you're also an advocate, a social advocate. And I know how that activist burnout is real when you're really trying to stand your ground on these issues. But then again, you're doing your part in making a better world, you know? Thank you for bringing the activist burnout up because I know a lot of people feel that. Like the activist burnout is insane. I'm still going through burnout right now. And, you know, sometimes I feel stressed of like maybe I should be doing more and talking more and everything. And, you know, I'm doing more stuff behind the scenes now because the activist burnout, it's it's real. I tell you that. And I'm still going through burnout right now because I did so much during the summertime and school started up and I just couldn't balance, you know, trying to be an activist in school. So I'm doing more behind the scenes stuff with like, you know, trying to write articles about certain topics and taking information and talking about it with the people around me and not necessarily on social media. Um so there's that because you know activism you can be an activist in different ways and um but i i do plan on start doing the start 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 speak up again on social media i just don't know when i want to do it because i'm just trying to sell i'm trying to stay off social media for like right now because it's just so it's just so draining so yeah yeah well thank you for sharing your opinions on that i know that being mm -hmm. an activist isn't just a noun but it's a verb too you know, because you can't say you're an activist without acting upon it and doing what you can to spread the awareness and doing what you can to bring change to your community and to society as a whole so I thank you yeah. for your efforts but yeah uh, with the emphasis on Black History Month I guess do mm -hmm. you have any role models or people who have inspired you to be taking up these initiatives and bringing change? Well, um, I know everybody already knows her, but there's this incredible, inspiring Black woman who I sort of see myself in her and just the way she holds herself up and is so elegant. And that is Amanda Gorman. Gorman, right? Yeah, yes. Gorman. And, you know, after just seeing, reading, like hearing her poem and, Hearing, hearing that she had like a speech impediment, which I kind of have that too. And I also like to write poetry, not because I don't write poetry because, you know, for competitions, I just like to write poetry just to de-stress. And so, you know, just seeing how much I could relate to her and seeing how now she was saying this, a poem at the president's inauguration, it was so inspiring. And I hope it inspires other little black girls out there who see themselves in her um, and hope they can do what she did too, so. Yeah, um, I also love Malcolm X and he is kind of controversial, which I, I get that, um, you know, but after reading his books, his wisdom is very insightful and really taught me a lot about how to see things in perspective of race and loving my black identity um, and, you know, embracing um, myself and being power and standing in my power and not letting the oppressor you know, intimidate me. Um, and there are a few authors too, like Chinua Achebe, her book, um, her book about, her book called uh, Two uh, Things Fall Apart um, also was a really great book um, on African history. 
and um, also a Yoruba author, Wale Yinka, um, a Nigerian author. Um, his books also have great influence in African literature. So um, yeah, you know, I recommend just reading books from Black authors and watching movies and just enjoying your Black identity, man. Like, you know, it's, yes, we have our traumas with being Black, but we are also lit. We're also cool, you know, like, um, <laughs> so, you know, don't be afraid to like, you know, celebrate who you are as a, as a black person and celebrating your blackness. Um, yeah. If, if you're black, you know, so. Yeah, yeah definitely. We're going to take one more break before we have our last words. So. about you guys but I'm feeling just wow just inspired today by lilac's struggles and hardships and just being able to make change not just within herself but within her community and so I just want to say thank you so much lilac for agreeing to be on my very first episode of this podcast and just start off with a bang and please follow my podcast at clarity podcast on instagram if you haven't done so already and don't forget to comment like share and do all that you can to spread the name around as always i'll be back with more connections confections and reflections on myself and others that'll bring more clarity into your life and i hope you have an amazing day and don't forget to tell someone you love them (laughs) 